happy holidays. This is your path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. Absolutely no Grinches allowed. Forget what you think you know about church and Christmas. In the name of God the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace and peace to you from God. May God fill you with truth and joy. Watch and wait for Christ's coming like candles of hope, peace, joy, and love, remembering the promises of God with prayer. We light this candle in hope. Hope it lights. All right. We light this candle for peace. We light this candle in joy. We light this candle with love. Here again the word of the Lord drawn from Zephaniah 3, 171. The Lord your God will rejoice over you with gladness, quiet you with divine love like a child upon the breast. The Lord will exult over you with loud singing. Let us pray. God of hope, God of peace, God of joy, and God of love, teach us how to love one another as reflections of your light in the world. God of promise, God of love, into our darkness come. O oh God of Elizabeth and Mary, you visited your servants with news of the world's redemption in the coming of a Savior. Make our hearts leap with joy and fill our mouths with songs of praise that we may announce glad tidings of peace and welcome the Christ in our midst. Amen. Be seated, please. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Some Christians simply don't know what to do with Mary because of the doctrines of the Catholic Church have turned Mary into a sweet, passive icon of virginal purity. Most Protestant Christians have been content to leave her out of their gallery of biblical saints, except, of course, for her obligatory appearance in the Christmas pageants. Today, in both scripture and song, we meet Mary again. The woman we meet this time is no quiescent vessel Lifting up the radical reversals of God's vision, this Mary predicts a revolution, the revolution that Jesus' life and message will bring to the world. She reminds us that what will be already is. The future is already present because God is in charge of the world. We have a choice. We can get with the program and help God complete his revolution, or we will find ourselves scattered and sent away empty. Mary's passionate song of praise is rooted in the Hebrew scriptures. It echoes the main theme of Hannah's song of praise, uttered by an old barren woman who has finally been blessed with fruitfulness of body and soul. And like Hannah, Mary is overwhelmed by the generosity of a graceful God who intentionally picks those who are lowly, barren women, teenage peasants, invisible people, ordinary sinners like you and me. Yes, God picks us to do. God picks us to do and be and bear good news for the world. 
Anna works as a ninth grade English teacher in an inner city all black high school in St. Louis. One of the challenges of her job has been to move beyond, to move beyond the images of mouthy, scary black street kids that most suburbanites have created in their minds and hearts. Anna has learned that indeed urban teens are mouthy, but in a delightfully creative and energetic way. She has learned that the lack of discipline or achievement in many of their lives is a burden for them as well as for the larger culture. Like Mary, some of Anna's 14-year-old girls are poor and pregnant outside of wedlock. As a result, they are stigmatized and rejected by the proper world. Anna sees one of her tasks as helping these teenage girls see their lives as possibilities and as channels of God's grace. It's too bad that in a public school, Anna cannot have her girls read today's text, for it is God's emphatic promise that in the economy of God's grace, the poor will be lifted up and the hungry will be, lift, will be filled with good things. Mary's, songs, Mary's song of praise is intended to be good news. It is the good news that the child she is bearing is the fulfillment of God's dream and plan for the world. The good news that what God hopes for is already present in the very imagination of creation. And her God, our God, will not rest until this imagined realm of peace and justice and abundance and joy and hope for all is fully realized. But wait a minute, we might ask, though this vision of God is good news for the poor, for those who will be lifted up and filled with good things, how can this vision be good, for, good news for us, for those of us who in comparison are the proud and the rich that Mary's song describes? The message seems pretty clear. The proud and the self-sufficient are scattered and the affluent and the successful are sent empty away. This is good news? Absolutely. Because my friends, when we become proud and puffed up and full of ourselves and our accomplishments and our importance, there comes a point when we have no more room for God. And when we get too rich, when we get distracted by too many things and too many agendas and too much money, we begin to feel that God is no longer necessary and we cut ourselves off from what really matters what really fills our souls, what only comes from a full measure of God's Spirit in our lives. What really matters is love, grace, worship, relationships, and joyful service in the world. I think in my life I get the rich part. The fact that because we are, relatively speaking, part of the 2% of the richest folk in the world, it is our responsibility and our privilege to share that wealth extravagantly and sacrificially with those who have little. And the generosity of many congregations, especially for designated opportunities, disaster relief, special Christmas offerings, shows that we understand that giving generously uh, not only helps the world, but makes us feel better. The good news is that the great economic reversal described in Mary's revolutionary song doesn't do the rich, doesn't do the rich what the rich have been doing to the poor since the beginning of time. It doesn't make them, or us, poor. Instead, it turns an ethic of scarcity for some and competition among all into an ethic of generosity, where everyone has what they need. The part of this text about the rich I get, but it is the proud part that I have been forced to learn. 
serving as a bishop in the United in the Universal Life Church has has been a thrilling and invigorating experience. But it's also been, in some ways, very bad for my soul. You know, even without realizing it, 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 happen, it is happening. It, it can go to your head when people stand every time you enter a room, which is the custom for honoring the role of the bishop. It can puff up a soul when people put you on a pedestal and say extravagant things about you. I rose to the rank of bishop rel- relatively quickly in comparison, and it would have been easy to forget my true mission. For me, coming back down to earth, continuing the quotidian repetitive duties of parish ministry in a wonderful place where my weaknesses as well as my strengths are named, and I'm reminded often, and I'm very, very human. All of this has been difficult, but very healing. Thank God that God has taken my pride and with gentle judgment scattered it so that I can reclaim the modesty and the ministry that is a real calling in my life. My friends, when Mary sings her revolutionary song this afternoon, she is singing good news for all of us, rich and poor, proud and humble, ancient and modern. The life abundant in spirit and love is in abundance that all people in all times and places are called to create, to enjoy. But the main point of Mary's melody is not to focus on us, but to focus on God. My soul magnifies the Lord, she sings. In other words, my soul, my life is a magnifying glass enlarging God. The blessings of my life are not about me, but about the one who blesses all of creation with hope and meaning. We are left this afternoon with the purpose of, this, of the Christian life, a purpose defined by the model of discipleship named Mary. The purpose of our Christian lives is to bear the image of God within our very bodies within our very souls. And when the Spirit of God fills us to the brim with blessings, there simply is no longer room for the pride or the wealth that has distracted us in the past. It is then that we can magnify, that we can enlarge God's presence for all the world to see. Miriam Smith was a Sunday school teacher at Bethesda Presbyterian Church in the early 1950s. One of the mantras of Mrs. Smith's Bible lessons was instructive, instructive, not just to the children, but to the adults as well. She said that when we allow our lives to magnify God, we automatically become small in comparison. Not small in a poor me sense, but small in a, in a divine human sense. In that, in that smallness, we can fit, in, we can fit into the, in that one unique spot each one of us has in this intricate puzzle called life, that one unique spot that only we can fill in God's magnificent vision of peace and joy. My friends, on this Rejoice Sunday in the season of Advent, let us commit ourselves to magnify God, to enlarge God, through the small, utterly unique gifts of our irreplaceable lives. May it be so for you and for me. Amen. All right, announcements. Pray at DallasULC.com. Pray at DallasULC.com. That's where you can go to do your prayer request. Give us your prayer request. Just simple email. Um, you can remain anonymous or you can leave us your name. You can ask that you uh, have your prayers said to uh, on during the regular weekday prayers. We say prayers every day here at Dallas Universal Life Church. 
or you can ask that the prayers be shared with our congregation on Sundays and be part of our prayers of intercession. Uh, it's also a great place if you're looking to um, uh, have a service dedicated uh, for a loved one who's passed on, uh, for a, a loved one who is graduating from college or high school or, or uh, you know, any kind of celebratory uh, event, an anniversary, uh, you know, whatever. It's a great gift to give uh, for the living and the dead, I believe. So uh, pray at DallasULC.com. Okay. Hey, guess who's coming to town? All right. Don't forget, $10 limit. Exchange gifts, December the 25th. That's in two days, day after tomorrow, guys. Okay. And please remember, if you haven't purchased your gifts already, I hope you already have uh, done that, but I also hope you thought clearly about what you were getting. And remember, this is a church event and to buy accordingly. This is for the Santa, uh, the Santa, uh, the Secret Santa that we're going to do it on. Christmas, but it's the uh, second anniversary of our first ever service, which was held right in this room two years ago in two nights by two very brave souls, myself and Timothy Cole here. Uh, we're the only ones here. Um, so we will celebrate our two-year anniversary of our first service ever. We celebrated our two-year anniversary of the church back in um, May, uh, which is actually the actual founding of the, of the church and the corporation. But uh, our, our actual beginning, our actual you know, first service was a year ago, two years ago this Christmas. Third time's a charm, right? Let's hope so. So, let's go ahead. On Christmas Day, let's tell you how it's going to be going on Christmas Day. Okay. Service starts at 5 p.m. Um, we'll celebrate, like I said, the second anniversary of our uh, very first service. Now, following that, we will have a very short, uh, abbreviated uh, Bishop's, Bishop's Roundtable, as is needed. I mean, if, if it needs to be longer, it will be, but uh, we're going to try and keep it brief so we can move on to the good stuff. Uh, we are going to have a, a, a potluck. I'm calling it more of hors d'oeuvres than anything. So um, if you haven't signed up and you want to bring something, bring something at this point. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's finger foods, whatever, you know, a pie, uh, get some soda pop. We're just going to do some light refreshments. That could be the big thing we did on Thanksgiving, okay? Uh, and then after that, we will do uh, the secret Santa exchange. So if you haven't brought your gifts in and you're not going to be here, please bring them in. Hopefully you'll all be here because um, it's nice and quiet here today uh, since we have such a turnaround. So it's you know, day after tomorrow is Christmas. So it's pretty, I've kind of expected the day to be a little slow. But that's all right. 
It's all right. We don't need many. Um, moving along. Hey, did you know we had a podcast? Did you know we had a podcast? I had no idea. Really? Nope. We well, got to check it out. It's really kind of cool. Um, if you haven't checked out the podcast, you know, even if you're here every week, um, it's different. It's different to listen to it online. <laughs> Something like that. It's different to listen to it online uh, than it is to watch it on YouTube or even be here in the congregation. It's just you catch it a little differently. Plus, we have some cute little, um, um, uh, what are they called? Uh, radio promos, whatever there are, cute little things on there that are kind of fun to listen to. And we were picked up by two sponsors a couple weeks ago. So every time you listen and hear our advertisement, um, me talking about a lovely product that, that is sponsoring us, and we make a little bit of money for the church, and that's a good thing. So go check out our podcast. All you got to do is go to uh, Google or go to MSN and do ch- search for Your Path with Bishop Mark. Your Path with Bishop Mark. You can hear us here. Anchor, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and of course, Spotify. <laughs> Can't get away from us even if you try. Can't get away from us if you try. All you do is your path with Bishop Mark. Search it anywhere on the net. We are there. All right, moving along. Compliments, concerns, suggestions, or complaints. That's very easy. Just email us at feedback at dallasulc.com. Feedback at dallasulc.com. I think that pretty much explains that one. I mean, I didn't have to go into much detail. Well, yeah, we do want to, well, I hate to have the complaints. I'd rather have the compliments, but yeah. Okay, feedback at dallasulc.com. Guess what? I think we made it through the announcements, folks. Not too bad. Don't forget, Christmas is day after tomorrow at 5 o'clock here at Dallas Universal Life Church. It's a quick turnaround. And then we do service again next Sunday, don't we? And then we're going to do a New Year's thing. Yeah. They're going to be the death of me, I swear. Knock knocking on heaven's door. You're listening to Your Path with Bishop Mark from Dallas Universal Life Church in Dallas, Texas. All right. So what did you like? What did you not like? What do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? Last Sunday of Lent. Of uh, Advent, rather. Advent. Not Easter time, it's Christmas time, almost. What'd you think of today? We talked about, you know, uh, no, let's just go with this. What did you think of today? Well, let, talk to me. Y'all tell me what you thought of the service, what you thought of the, the scripture, what you thought of today's sermon. Let's talk about that. Uh, it was hard for, for me to absorb it. <laughs> okay. It was, it was, I, I have to apologize, I'm a little under the weather. So I, I didn't deliver the best sermon today, and I apologize. I know it came back, I came out a little choppy. Uh, I do apologize for that, because if I was on your end trying to understand it, I would have probably been like, what did he just say? So, yeah, I understand that. I get on that. On my behalf as well. <laughs> I apologize so. about that. Um, did you catch any of it, guys? Uh, I caught the uh, part about uh, not giving to the rich and... Uh, all that and so that and then you said uh, something about uh, having to be hum- like um, humbling yourself. Where's the 360 uh, camera? Because you said you came and you rose to being a bishop or whatever so quickly. So don't worry about it now. Yeah, well, we talked about Mary talks in her in her uh, in her song, if you will, 
uh, about the poor will be raised up, you know, and they'll be, you know, basically rich, and that the rich gluttonous, and they will be, you know, spread across the nation, empty. Okay. So, I, I apologize for interrupting. Uh, yeah, right. the, um, the fact that you said uh, something about the rich people not having uh, room for God. Well, they don't. Yeah, exactly, right? That's what I, I have to agree with that. When we fill our lives with material things and things Wait. of this earth. Well, how, how, well during the, um, you know, dark ages and, you know, early medieval times, and through, I guess, the um, Renaissance, like, the uh, church were the people with all the money. Like, cause church still is the people with all are. the money. Yeah, they still are. They still are. They control everything. <laughs> the, 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 they're still private citizens who were wealthy. No, they... The king, the kings are getting like, but what are they? Straight up wealth to they forgive them of sins. We're not here to judge them. I we're believe we're, that we're the people who have the money usually are of the church. It usually, but it is an issue. There's a difference because there's people that just hold on to money, and there's people that, as soon as they acquire it, they're you know they're using doing using it for charity, you know, giving it away, or they just can't seem to get you know like get rid of it all. When we talk about the church, let's clarify what we're talking about here. The church is who? The, um, the, uh, one body of Christ. The, um, the, uh, uh, that's sort of the C, starts with the C, Catholicism? The Roman Catholic Church. Yes, the Catholic. That's, that's the, the church that most people speak of. And they're, they're a very, very rich organization, uh, not near as rich as they used to be after some of the scandals that they've had. Um, uh, there's a lot of death. God bless all of them. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have issue with it. I have issue with the fact that they have so much money. I have issue with the fact that they are so extravagant. I have issue with the fact that they... Look, I, I'm, I'm as much for pomp, pomp and circumstance as anybody else, but when you have millions and you spend it on cathedrals and and your, your clothing and your gold chalices and whatnot, instead of making the world a better place with that money, I, I'm all for reverence and honor to God. But he doesn't need our gold what and, our, and, our, and our tapestry. Well, they make the world better. They give it to the poor. They make the poor less poor. They make the middle class larger. Well, well, back then they couldn't do that because there wasn't really... Um, Why not? A lot of good did it. Because um, there wasn't really an economy set up because it was like feudalism or... Robin Hood took from the rich and gave to the poor. It was pretty much, it was pretty much co you know, communist. Like. Robin Hood took from the rich and gave to the poor. Back then, they were trying to basically um, build the foundation of their um, whole empire. Right. Um, so Back then, you know, the church wasn't that rich as it is now. I mean, it had money. But, I mean, you're not talking about nearly the power that they had. They, they became powerful. And to, really, and to really instill all that um, belief in so many people that they would have to um, have built such great, you know, uh, monuments for uh, it their, took It um, took some of that. You're right. If they gave to the poor, like, if the church did, was like, did like little Robin Hood stuff like Venice wouldn't have been around like it would have maybe really not maybe not but but what would the world have been I mean how different would the world be modern society is it probably would probably be it. like uh, it probably would have started like anar like anarcho-capitalism or something like it gave us a good um, backbone for modern society it, but it's to modern society where, we, I mean, where would modern society be today if it had been different if they had taken the different road and and, and been more um, charitable with their money rather than hoarding it as they did. I was saying, I, was, I think it ended up all the same because 
we always end up to where there's always a few people that gotta have, you know, have everything and be on the top, you know, like, you have like the, um, the Clintons or... Why does it have to be that way? Trump, uh, it's, it's human nature. Why do we as Americans have to be the 2% of the richest folk in the world? And the rather 98% of the world is, is poor. Why? Um, feel more like uh, it was something that was chosen to be that way. Really? Yeah. You think God cares about our economy that much? No. Um, I feel like it was more or less they saw it as a new um, frontier for that. Uh, um, that sort of a, a God's land sort of thing. Hold y'all for Could you get that patch for me, please? I can't. Yeah. I can't. Ah, it's really cool. Where are the seven deadly sins? Is it not on the desk? Same thing with um, the, the, the foundation of you know DC is in uh, Rome. Okay. And um, so I feel like they had found another identical situation for them to uh, found their new God's land because it had all this fresh. Um, well, we're not talking about Israel right now. We're talking about the United States. I understand the richest, that, but I'm saying, country. The, you know, it was chosen by, you know, the church chose us. So the church be, chose the United States to be the richest nation in the land. Because they wanted to the church did. The, well, vicariously through whatever, yeah. <laughs> it was weird, weird enough, but, you know. All right, I need to be a pirate here, today. You know? <laughs> you Sorry, guys. New York. Sorry? They went to New York. Hit the government. Everything took over Europe. Get up, get rid of them all. Well, I mean, the Jews had already. I don't think Hitler had anything to do with anything. They already, they already, they already was behind it. What do you mean behind? Suppose like, it's I mean, if you just look at like, oh, who benefited like from uh, the end of World War One? You see like um, you know like, it could have been possible that their um motivations for them. Getting their home, their homeland uh, back uh, for um, the dissolution of Austria-Hungary. Yeah. Okay. <coughs> Explain that to me. A little okay. better than that. Oh, it's just some conspiracy theory. Right? Okay, uh, conspiracy theories. Yeah, like Hitler was more or less just like an accident. <laughs> I hope he was. It, yeah. It was, uh, I hope he was. Well, Charles de Gaulle. I think Hitler was evil incarnate. Charles de Gaulle predicted um. The um, whole his whole rise of power, like right, right, like uh, a decade before, saying this is not a peace treaty, it's armistice. You know, okay. and it I probably know. was uh, destined to happen. So you know, but uh, well, understand this. You know, you got the good in the world, right? Yeah, very bad. good. Yeah. In order to balance that out, because the universe is always equal, you have to have pure evil or pure good. So you've got the wonderful, loving, all unconditional love of God, then you have total hate over here. You have to have both. You have chaos. Okay. <laughs> Look. The Catholic Church, um, you know, uh, really puts Mary on a pedestal. As we, I think we all should. More, I think, I think the the Protestant Church, the the Christian Church, the you know whatever you want to call it, the, <coughs> the non-denominational church that we are, Mary should be more. Uh, Simply by virtue of being of being Jesus's mother. I mean, absolutely. You know, I mean, by accepting the whether she deserves that or not, she's you know just not instantly in that automatically she should have much more respect. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think I don't think that we give her enough uh, praise. Uh, I don't. I think she, had, she must have been a lot of you know had like a lot of fear because. Can you imagine? Like I mean, if she's like, "Oh, you're pregnant," and like, 
Well, yeah, an angel came and told she her. She hasn't had sex. Yeah. She's not, a, she's a virgin. There, there isn't much And she got pregnant. There isn't much said about what she, what happens, that what, what becomes of her after Jesus' birth, is there? I mean. So everyone. She's there. She's like, there when he dies. She could have been stunned. They could have stunned <laughs> her. Like, she, she had to fear that. Like, she, she. Was, um, was Isis referring to uh, the, the um, vagina of Mary or something? I Weirdly enough. Yeah, if they were, then they should have been uh, bad, probably concentrated on something else. Yeah, it's a bad, um, but yeah. Here's the deal. Think about this. I mean, Mary is, she's a, a good Jewish woman. She's young. She's, you know, 14 years old. 14 years old. You're a woman at that, in that time. She uh, is a betrothed or she's engaged to Joseph. And you'll understand this. In those days, you didn't mess around. You know, you waited until you were married, and you then you, you know, because otherwise, you know. Well, here she is, nine months pregnant. They're not even married, and he's staying with her. That's that's the amazing thing. I think he's an amazing person too for for just the faith that he had. But she doesn't brag about it. She doesn't, you know, go, you know, oh, I'm not Jesus Christ, Mother of God, or this. Didn't, didn't her get pregnant? Kind rather of come, for huh? When she was. Once she was with child, like enough months, like, you know, it's pretty obvious. Like. That's what I'm saying. It was pretty obvious. And so here she is, the unwed mother. And, I mean, can you imagine, and look, 14 years old and being pregnant is bad and bad enough, but you didn't even have sex. I didn't know that she was 14. I didn't know she was 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get to enjoy it. <laughs> well, 14. Uh, and, well, to, go away, to go away quietly, you know, like, everything better. Mean, and she was very introspective about it. She, about her feelings about it, about, you know, the whole... Gamut. I mean, the, the, and you imagine the different things going through your head. And, oh my God, how did this happen? You know, yeah, you know. Yeah. I don't know if they had toilet seats back then. But I don't, you know, don't say, you know, that old rumor. But um, wow. So she, you know, the, the, the Catholic Church kind of, kind of, you know, this, you know, virginal purity kind of thing. Well, you know, she wasn't necessarily that. Right. You know, she's talking in this, you know, this this uh, song today. In our scripture, and the song is is based on uh, the song of Hannah from the Old Testament. Um, and she talks about how she's overwhelmed by the generosity of God, who chose her, who chose the lowly, who chooses us. You know, the lowly, the barren, the the peasants, invisible people, ordinary sinners like you and me. And when I kind of stumbled over this, yes, God picks us to do and be and bear good news for the world. He right. does. Right. I'm not sure. Like in Catholic in the Catholic Church, do they do they do they hold Mary up as like as like a, a, an example of like like little, little girls be, be like Mary? Oh, Mary absolutely. In my church, that they don't they hardly mention her at all. Well, Mary is, so is I, uh, I mean, there's many more prayers in the Catholic Church. Yeah. You know, you got the Hail Mary, which is said all the time. You know, you go to confession, you got to say the Hail Marys. Well, the, well, then, it, well, then it, 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 it behooves them to, to make her as virginal as virginal as can be. Well, she is virginal. Right, right, right. I'm just saying that they, they were going to... But to make her so quiet and peaceful and, you know, it's not what she was. But, but, that, but that's, that's probably how they wanted their... their Maybe. To be, Maybe. You know? Maybe. Maybe. That's a, that's a good point. Maybe. Look, medicine probably would not be the same if uh, they didn't have... Um, if it wasn't the Catholics that uh, were in power. Feel like just talk a lot medicine. of stuff that was different. Really, because you think that maybe back before Vatican II Council, uh, the Catholics and science didn't get along too well. I feel like I, now. I, I feel like now, however, it's getting better. It's um, it's totally coinciding with each other. No, I wouldn't say totally. 
I wouldn't um, say totally. I think there's still issues. There are issues, and I believe it's with people that are the issues. It's always people that are the issues. Yeah. Look, so. I mean, stem cell research is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sorry. Um, this, <laughs> this is stuff that needs to be done. It's been given to us. The science shows us this. And, and, and for the Catholic Church to say, well, this and give this, this, the cells of this and that. Yes, I believe that it needs to be harvested a certain way. I mean, when you are born, your umbilical cord has your stem cells in it. Yeah. They can take that and put it away and, and use it later right. or whatever. What's the harm in that? Right. <laughs> I mean, there are some ways that stem cells were being harvested that were not necessarily, in my opinion, the best way they, to do it. They do it with a shot, they, and then there's right. a spurt and and I, don't, I don't necessarily yeah. believe in that because you know how my feeling, I am very much pro-life. Um, and, and I just, I mean, that's just the way that I that I, I am, and I believe that life begins at conception. I'm sorry, it does. It's very obvious, they, yes. They have a method to where you can harvest your own stem cells with um, this one injection, and it uh, allows your body's bones to pr- produce it. Um, and it only happens for one day, and it's during a month period of time that they have you monitored for it, and um, it can help with fighting cancer. And I well, yeah, I mean, that's what they're finding, that, these, right. that the stem cells can help with a lot of diseases. Exactly, right? And, and so um, it's a really weird thing where all of a sudden your bones release all of the stem cells at once into your blood, and then they harvest them. And it's interesting. Otherwise, they can way to do it, isn't yeah. it? Well, the people, some people are scared of what they don't know, and then the stem cell thing is I so get that. new, and, and, and they don't, you know. And it's crazy because the stem cells, say, if you have had a change in your hair color, throughout your life, it will happen again after you've had your stem cells implanted in you. So it's literally like being born again. I know that, weird way. I know that when my, when my, my godfather, my uncle Kevin, uh, he had to have a bone marrow transplant. And his second, I think his second donor was a female. And it actually changed his, his sex on his, in his, <laughs> on his DNA. Because the bone marrow transplant, her DNA basically took over his DNA, and so he basically he didn't become a woman. But his DNA would say that's female. But his DNA then said he was female. Isn't that wild? Wow, yeah. Is that him too? So what do you mark on your on your forearms? You're still a male, obviously. So his chromosome changed from what? Chromosome changed. Really? Right. So now, how can you not support stem cells whenever that is something that can happen? I feel like that's pretty much a uh, pretty uh yeah pretty well I mean, that bone marrow thank god for the, the donor that she was i mean he kept him alive for two years i don't, I don't mean to make this a science class would he been able to, to, to have children after that no okay no he was he would be sterile anyway from the from the chemotherapy yeah. so i don't see how that can happen like because every single cell has your chromosomes and i'm like i'm telling you cell? well <laughs> i'm telling you every cell is was replaced after seven years or something they say that I mean, you're talking about a major invasive procedure where they're taking somebody else's DNA, somebody else's bone marrow, yeah. and putting it into yours. Yeah. Your body does something with that. So they didn't use any, like, retro, like, make any retro virus? No. No. Viruses have a lot to do with nothing so, of life. They want to be deaf. They're the engines of change. Yep, they are. They are something that creates differences. Uh, interesting, we're talking about science. I mean, we have to. You have to look. It's because it all perfectly we have wraps to, together. Well, I think you have to look. There's no at, separation. You have to look at. Um, you're gonna get people to say, "Well, you, you know, AIDS is because of the fags." 
when I was okay. a kid, they had cancer was because you didn't have faith. People want to scapegoat, and they always. Do. I feel like anything to do with science is getting stuck on the small but, but, details but, 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 and not look, looking at the big picture. I think there are reasons that these diseases happen. It's the big picture. I think a lot of it is ourselves, and we talked about this before. When you take uh, the hate and animosity and and hurt and all those things that happen to us on a daily basis, right? And you just stuff it down inside yourself, right? And you keep it down. Excuse me. And you keep it stuffed down inside you, and you just keep pushing it down and pushing it down and pushing it down. You don't deal with it. You don't let it go. You don't let forgive that person for whatever they did to you and let it go. And you keep dealing and just just pushing it down. What happens with all that hate and animosity and frustration? It's gonna, it's gonna manifest it's, it somehow. sits there in your body and begins to what? Fester. It festers. <laughs> it turns into rots. It starts to pus and stink. And then all that spreads through your body. And what do you think is going to happen when all that infection goes through your body? You're going to get cancer. You're going to end up with leukemia. You're going to end up with something. Yeah. Something's not balanced anymore. Yeah, I believe there are also chemical agents, obviously, that are very, I mean, they're more obvious. And right. This is what caused the cancer, asbestos or whatever, you know. But the <laughs> other reasons, I mean, there's, there's, there's your reason. You've got to learn to let go. It's hard for me. It is. It's hard for a lot of people. It's hard for me. What the revenge. You know, I, the, I know, I know that the, the universe is, is going to equalize it. That you know, they say karma's a bitch. They mean that because karma will. I mean, it happens. It's going to equalize. The earth will always. The universe will always be equal. Always. So you may not see that revenge, which is what we really want. We want to see yeah. that person get get theirs. Yeah. That's not what it's about. You just have to trust in the system. That this is what God created, and this is how it works. And sometimes it doesn't seem fair. <laughs> Yeah. It doesn't. Well, justice moves very slowly, they say. Yeah, our human justice does. I'm not sure. God's God's at concept of time is probably much different than ours. We're more elliptical. He's a little more mature. I think. You think? <laughs> you think? Just a little. So let's get back to Mary here. So Mary's singing this. She's doing this song about <laughs> Elizabeth's signs that she's pregnant. You know, Elizabeth's baby jumped. When Mary walked in the room, into the house, Elizabeth was also pregnant, right? It's the right name. I'm saying that right, Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth. Uh, and her baby in her womb jumped at the presence of the Lord being there. Can you imagine? I mean, uh, so, so another fetus, another fetus felt it that no one else did, really. Or I mean, well, I mean, I think there's thinking about pre-birth. I mean, there's probably still a, a different kind of connection there. There's a different. You know, God could still be holding them in their hands, and you know, you never know. I mean, I, I don't know exactly what happened. I was, I yeah. was there, but I don't remember it. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's basically what it was. The, the 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 other child, unborn child, recognized that the king had just entered the room, felt his presence, and then you know, of course, Elizabeth at that point knew. Right. So uh, that's when we go on, and she talks about you know the rich uh, being scattered and the poor being. You know, exalted and whatnot. And I talked a little bit about. Uh, one second. part rich part we understand that about being you know too much money too many things too much you know, always too much too much of this world you don't want to be of this world we're just temporary here this is a temporary stay over we don't become all the things of this world we, they're not important um, but the pride part 
<clears throat> the pride part I think is hard for a lot of people to understand. It was for me. And I had to realize that I can be proud of the work I do, but I can't don't need to be prideful. You know, be proud of yourself, but continue to um, give of yourself to the world. Don't get pompous. Don't get full of yourself. Because when you're full of yourself, just as you're just like you when you are when you have too much money, you don't have room for God. God is the reason that I mean, it's the whole that's what should be inside you. That's what you should be thinking of, that's what you should be feeling. Not all of this other stuff. Yes, be proud of yourself. Be proud of your accomplishments. Yes. But don't be prideful. Don't be pompous. Don't be, you know, over consumed with it. Don't brag about it constantly. So yeah. let there be room for God. Right. God's the only one that needs you to brag to. You know, brag, hey, look what I did. And like, I know, you're a good job, good job. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's hard, like, you don't know, like, I'll, I'll see some celebrities, you know, you know at broadcasting their charity or whatever like that, and I wonder, it's like, you know, why are you doing that? But then sometimes, you know, you can think they're doing it to, so, to, to create awareness, or, you know, instead, or to... Um, and that's not, that's different, that's what they're doing. They're, you know, well, what are their motives are, we can't judge them. Right. You know, that's not our place. Uh, you know, are, is what they're doing good? I hope so. You know, I hope it's helping others. That's the whole idea, you know. Men and women for others. That's, that's our motto here. Men and women for others. Because you keep all of your talents, you keep all of your gifts that you've been given, and you don't give it away, that's a sin in and of itself. You know? God didn't give it to you to, uh, to hoard, if you will. I got called a hoarder the other day. I know. I got called a hoarder. You know, I, I am a pack rat. I admit that. I do. It's psychologically, it's very easy to explain. Um, when you lose a loved one, especially at, at a younger age, and I did, uh, lost uh, uh, basically my brother uh, at a young age, and then my mother also at two years of an age, um, you begin to collect things. You, you don't want to let go of things. That's when you start, that's when it's another issue because you start, you're afraid those memories are all attached to all these different things. And of course, Aunt Patsy moved into her place, and so I got a bunch of her stuff here. And I don't, it's hard to, you know, it's just, it's a small place, right, well, but I think we're doing okay with it. They tore down those uh, houses, right? Where? Uh, Patsy lived in. Yeah, they did. They tore them down. I just saw that today. Yeah, it was a, it was a beautiful old complex, and they were only built in the 70s. I mean, that's how new they Where were. This is what Dallas does. What part of Dallas does? Forest and Inwood. It's called yeah. uh, Park yeah. Forest Townhomes. Right by that Texaco. The problem was with it that they were, uh, they were very, they were, like they did in the 70s, they had all, they had all laying in the room, world back then. So they spread it all out. Well, so it's where they had you know, four townhomes, they can now put 16 or 20 condos by building up and putting it together, not having the space in between. And that's what they started to do. I'd say where it's really changed is like um, right over by the uh, courthouse where they, because um, I remember um, in 2011, it used to be like all these like abandoned, like, like um, industrial buildings. Where? The Frank Crowley Courthouse. Okay, the Frank Callow Courthouse. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking, thinking of the courthouse, I think of the red, red courthouse. The red brick one? The red, no, no, Craig Crowley is, is, is over where the loose area is. Yeah, <laughs> and, and now they have, they, have, they, they have these, um, like, it's been completely gentrified. You know, they even got that new bridge. Well, that's what did, that's what did the gentrification of the new bridge. Well, they started before. Well, that's why, that's why, though. But I remember how different it was. It's like, they had, like they're all painted one color. That's why they changed the name of the city, yeah. the, the street, and the whole nine yards, yeah. Anyway, we digress. Yeah. We digress. So... I mean, it's pretty simple. I mean, we just, I, I think it's important. There's a couple of messages here. You know, Mary, yeah, we need, to, we need to honor her. She's an amazing woman who went through a hell of a time. 
any any parent that loses a child I mean, to begin with is you know my heart goes to them. But to lose a child the way Mary lost her child, wow! Can you imagine? I can't. So. I mean, it's very simple. What? It's very simple. Life is, what I was saying, life is simple. It's just not easy. So we enlarge God. Make God the important thing in our lives. Okay. Let us commit ourselves to magnify God, to enlarge God through the small, utterly unique gift of our irreplaceable lives. Pretty simple, huh? So how do you do it? Ah, I love doing that. I love when you say it's pretty simple, and I, and then you go, well, how do you do that? And you go, um, living, living what? Life. Like what? Uh, with with, uh, with uh, belief in God. <laughs> A belief in God. Okay. Or, um, the the devil believes in God. Piously. I, I, I would do if I were the devil. And yeah. you don't want to. <laughs> you do what's wrong, even though you may not want to. Do Actually, that which is right. Do that which is right. Right. Yes, sir. That the, the that's the saying of the Universal Life Church is, do that which is right. It's that simple. We know the difference between right and wrong. You already know it. Sometimes you gotta lay down on your back, like, right, right as a tour, like, under the door of the tour bus, I'm loving, like, who wants to do that? But it's kind of like sometimes how we do that thing. We're not here to, for the praise and exaltation of ourselves. We're not here for the, the the, like the movie Grand Torino. We're not here for the prompt, prompt, the, the being prominent. We're not here for the the, the being popular, being uh, superstars, if you will. Okay, we're here for others. We're here to praise and worship God, to serve and worship God. We do that by being men and women for others. It's that simple. Is that easy? <laughs> no. You know, pride. Um, Competition, competition, pride. Um, uh, worrying about everybody else other than ourselves, their business, rather than trying to help them. Right? Because it's our motives that, 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 that are important here. What are your motives? Why are you asking them these questions about their lives? Are you just trying to be nosy and trying to say you're better than them? Or are you trying to help them? That's where it comes. You can ask the same question. Two people can ask one person the same question. And be, one could be completely wrong and one could be completely right. Be the exact same words of the question. You get that right? It's about your motives. It's about your heart. It's about where you're where you're coming from. And if you're coming from the standpoint of being a man and women, men or women for others, and you're giving of yourself, you're giving of your time, your abilities, your your thoughts, your soul, all of it, your heart. That's what you need to be doing. Not thinking about yourself. This is not about you. Your life is not about you. It's that simple. Your life is not about you. It's about what you can give. But if, you, if you're in a position to give nothing, right? No, you're never in a position to give nothing. You have some sort of gift that God gave you that you can give the world. Everybody does. Everybody does. Well, let's say you were um, like born like Burma or something like. Okay. And, and like you literally had nothing. You literally. It's not about monetary things. It's not about things yeah. of this earth. Well, you have no. Yeah, let's say you had a core. gift and you had no way to um. What if you find a, it or use it because you had nothing? Something. What if you have a beautiful voice and you can sing? Yeah, but you'd have to if you're staying out in Mud Village, nowhere. Well, the somebody's Corps, there with you. The Peace Corps is uh, uh, having signups right now. <laughs> what I'm saying is like it's. I mean, it's their duty. It's their duty to um, 
it's everyone's duty like to put themselves in the position where they can actually be better you know help better others you're right you're not there like, you're right you're right we it's if our if duty I go get drunk and go wreck my car like, right. if, if, if I'm a great artist and I'm and I grow up in the in the uh, and I grow up in you know the North Pole I grew up in the North Pole and nobody else is around I'm a great artist and I can do all these beautiful sculptures and, 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 and <laughs> paintings and this and that and I just keep them up there stacked in an igloo in the North Pole that's not what it's supposed to be, my talent was given to me for exactly you're supposed to go so you got to get out there and use it that's right move off the North Pole that's right do something with it yeah being a man and woman for others you got to be around other men and women to be a man and woman men or woman for others you can't just be by yourself you know that's pretty simple so your life is not about you as we tell people all the time, you're not that important. Even though you are, you're God's child. But you need to understand that you can't think of yourself as on that pedestal. That one is praised and lauded and honored and praise and your your gift and your return comes not in this world comes in the next I'd much rather have it for eternity than for the few short blinks of an eye that we have here what else you got for me today guys are we understanding where we were with the scripture today what we talked about now I know it was a little yeah. rough earlier I hope we kind of got through it and made it a little clearer now definitely okay so um, day after tomorrow tomorrow's Christmas Eve and then uh, Tuesday we will have uh, Christmas service at 5 o'clock so don't forget your uh, Santa gifts, your secret Santa gifts. And let's go ahead and close this out in prayer. Come on up here. Oh. I knew, you were, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> I knew you were going to do that. Does anybody else want to say the prayer today besides me? Anybody? Good enough. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity you've given us today to gather and sing your praises and learn of your history and understand what it is you want from us more. Uh, we know that life is simple, but it is so very difficult at times, and we ask for your guidance to help us stay on the path that you have given to each of us so that we may uh, continue to grow closer to you and be more like you. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. All right, guys, that's it. Thank you.